Hey, Gabriel Blake. Hey, Gabriel Jose. Where are we today? We're in our apartments. Um, while we had plans to try and get out, there's actually a heat wave in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And it's raining, making it just a wonderfully muggy temperature and no place to go. Yep. I don't know you actually... Uh... There was like a perfect combination, like the thunderstorm, like a three, four in the morning, because it was so hot that I had all my windows open oh completely. God. And it's like when I start, I woke up like at three thirty in the morning, and I thought that I was in a rave. You know, it was like just with all the lightning. You know, I was like, what the fuck is going? Is there like a rave in the back patio? But I cannot hear anything. I only hear like the uh, the uh, the thunder like it's later. Exactly. I was missing that. <laughs> so I had to just close everything. So it was miserable. I uh, may have slept like two hours. Well, a bit more, but not a lot. So yeah, it was... It has been a couple of miserable days. It sure has. It sure has. But apparently it's supposed to be over tomorrow. Oh, it is? I thought it was just supposed to last two days. Well, let's see. I mean, it's not that we can complain at anyone. We cannot use the American way of all like complaining at someone until things change. For those just joining us for the first time, this is Gabriel's get on Zoom to complain about weather. <laughs> uh, now I feel like a... Uh, did you ever watch The Simpsons? I've seen episodes. I haven't seen like an entire season or anything. Uh, so there is a... There is this joke... Uh, uh, about like stupid complaints, there is like a picture on the newspaper of the uh, grandparent, you know, like screaming with a cloud in the background, and the headline <laughs> is like "Old man yells at cloud." <laughs> when uh, when Tom York was complaining about streaming services, oh, God. Moby Moby called him an old man yelling at trains. <laughs> Basically, the same. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Yeah, I remember like him calling Spotify like the last part of a dying industry. Mm-hmm. And it, it was it was just such an amazing thing. It was because at that point I was actually working at uh, another company that did like something similar to Spotify. And uh, I remember like multiple jokes that they used to have about Tom York and his opinions. He was like a recurring I- man. He was a meme. So tell Tom York, it's not Spotify killing entry, it's albums like The King of Limbs. <laughs> what was the name of uh, the uh, the remix album that he did with the Keep of Leaks? XTRMNT or something like that? <laughs> I don't know. That is a, okay, oh, so you already released, yeah, you already like released a very city album. And then you release like a remix album on top of it. <laughs> so what are you trying to accomplish here? <laughs> is that you're just releasing something on top of it for just people forget how bad the first one was? And is that when they say that which one was the worst one by Radiohead? Is that you actually think about this and it's like, I cannot remember the title. It was so complicated that I can't. Uh, but yeah, in any case, uh, today's movie was not about Thon York or Radiohead. Maybe we should just look for something about them. Uh, yeah, we should. That's an amazing idea. <laughs> well, we watched Suspiria by looking at what I need. That's enough. Yeah, yeah. there you have the soundtrack of uh, Van York. But uh, this week, actually, sorry, I'm going to be just finding in this uh, fun fact. The title of the remix album was T K O L R M X One Two Three Four Five Six Seven. Six Seven. Yep. I remember. <laughs> uh, 
God. So uh, the movie that we watched today, uh, what did we watch today actually? Because this was my pick, so you can say what we watched and then I will say why. <laughs> today we watched a two and a half hour film called Cinema Paradiso by Pretornatori. Yeah, I only realized now that it was two hours and a half. <laughs> so uh, the, reason, the reason what I picked this one, I don't think that it was a yeah, hate pick. It was first, I don't think that it was a hate pick. But as soon as the movie started, my main question was not about, am I going to be liking this movie after 10 years is the last time that I watched it? Well, actually, five years, I think that I watched it with my ex. But uh, it was not, that was not the question that it was in my brain. My question was, how much is Blake going to hate this movie? And that's a question we'll explore the answer to now. <laughs> so I, before we started recording, we we're talking about I have a weak spot for movies about movies or movies about the art of cinema. Uh, we already watched uh, The Fall and discussed about The Fall, and we both like it. And I cinema paradise, so I find, I mean, I watched it a couple of times. I think that it tries to capture also like the very heartwarming uh, Italian of family style of cinema. Well, sometimes they do the cinema, other times they do something pretty different. But this time is a bit more like that kind of genre. And I always found like pretty heartwarming. And I was wondering how would this hold compared with significantly better cinema that we watch. So heartwarming and family friendly are two phrases I would absolutely use to describe this. <laughs> you, did you really think I was gonna hate it? You didn't? I'm not saying whether or not I hated it. I'm asking <laughs> what you thought. I thought that you would hate it because I think that it has like all the elements that, uh, I don't know, like if I think about heartwarming and family friendly, the kind of movie that I think that you could use for defining that, it could be a Christmas tale. It's a family. It's a family that cinema. It's a heartwarming cinema. <laughs> I love that movie. That makes me feel so nice inside. <laughs> but it's like it's a bit more like, you know, dysfunctional family, you know, like treating each Not other all pretty families poorly. Families are dysfunctional. <laughs> sure. sure. They still but, love each other. But this tries to be like charming and, you know, like just capturing a nostalgic time, you know, a nostalgic time when no one has grown up with this kind of idyllic situation, you know? like post-World War II, and he's like, yeah, I don't think that would, things were like so okay, post-World War II, you know, like Italy, but sure, let's, let's roll with not, it. Not just Italy, in Sicily. Yeah, it's in Sicily. Like... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, what do you think? What is this movie about, by the way? So, as you said, this is post-World War II Italy. It's like 1950-ish, or 1940. Like the, the war has been over for yeah. a few years, but there's still, obviously, damage to the town and it's uh i don't know if you would call it bucolic but it's this little town in sicily and there's a little boy whose name is uh toto toto, toto but right. by his real name is salvatore that's right salvatore so um he's he's what seven eight and he's just completely obsessed with uh the local cinema called cinema paradiso mm -hmm. and he basically spends all all the time he's, he can, he spends it in that theater. He sneaks in with the priest when the priest is doing censorship of the movies, and he strikes up a very, a, a very lovely uh, friendship with an unlikely 
man, an adult man who runs the projector. Um, so I have a question for you. Back. Did you find yeah. the guy hot? No. Okay. And I, there's a framing device that I skipped. It, it starts out with a very successful man in Rome in a, in a very beautiful apartment with a beautiful woman in his bed. And he told that, hey, your mom called from Sicily. She said someone died. His name is Alfredo. And mm-hmm. then we see he remembers his entire childhood in chronological order and everything that happened centered around the cinema. A lot of it's focused on this friendship with um, the projectionist, with Alfredo, spoiler alert, mm-hmm. Jesus. And, then, <laughs> um, and also, my husband, whose father was actually born in Sicily, had a different take on this. I saw the mother as being very emotionally and physically abusive, and there wasn't a single scene of affection between huh. the mom and the son. Okay. And so I was very confused about the homecoming and how oh, he hadn't been to see her in 30 years. Well, yeah, she was a super shitty mother. Like, I wouldn't go back and see her either. But he says that's just a typical Italian mother. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because uh, Italy culture is a bit like, closer to uh, Spanish culture. I didn't feel like she was like, being abusive. I think that it was like, just a single mother like just trying to get by. All the time. Yeah. So, what? So, it's... <laughs> It's not that it's not that if she beats him she can't love him. It's that there wasn't a single scene of affection between that boy and his mother, not once. She mm. got okay. super angry at him. She beat him because he said that his father was dead in the war, which his dad did die in the war. And I just couldn't buy that he actually loved his mother because I didn't see any redeeming qualities in her. Um, okay. But yeah, essentially that's it. And then the the story goes through him returning for uh, Alfredo's funeral. Yeah. I'm sure I missed a bunch of stuff, but overall, it's a boy revisiting the magic of movies in his childhood and everything that, that yeah. movies represented for his community. Yeah. For, yeah. yeah, and how he actually does, how movies saved his life and how he left his billets in Sicily for just having a life in Rome. The basic is that he left and he didn't go back. So I like, I have to say that I like that, I have forgotten about like that part of the message of saying that if you are born in the middle of nowhere and it's like sometimes you need to just take a step forward and not looking back because it will be like very easy and complacent for just staying where you are. I completely agree. I see myself kind of in Salvatore. I mean, I grew up in a village, village in rural Idaho and I discovered that I loved cinema and it kind of opened up a world for me. Oh, so you're like little Toto. I told you I saw wit and I thought, oh, my God, there's more of this out there. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Thankfully, there is not too much like wit out there. <laughs> Thankfully. And there's a there's a gorgeous score by Ennio Morricone. Mm-hmm. Did you like the score? I did not. Um, it just feels very dated to me and also yeah. they played it in every single scene over and over it just wouldn't stop and i was like that's why i knew it was two and a half hours because i had to listen to that yeah that every single time every single time that they played that melody the main theme melody and they may play like 10 times across the movie i thought blake is hating this <laughs> right now he's hating this he's like just saying like what the fuck were you thinking jose <laughs> and then would you say that this is a melodramatic movie Melodramatic? Yeah. 
it didn't come across melodramatic or melodramatic to me. I, okay. It felt, all felt very believable. There's a really the only drama that happens in his childhood, besides his father dying in the war. And let's get real, this is post World War II Italy. A lot of people died. That's not crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. Was that when they were using the very flammable type of, of film? Oh yeah. The theater catches on fire, and Alfredo gets pretty wounded and loses his eyesight. And that's the only thing that I was like, oh, can you imagine the irony? The man who runs the movies can't see the movies anymore. But he can actually detect with his dark devil vision sense if the movie's out of focus. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They felt like, oh, sure, yeah, I could take that. <laughs> So I would be curious to hear, so you said the last time you saw this was maybe five years ago. Yeah, four or five years ago, I would say. I mean, this is a movie, there is, I think that I told you this, but uh, when I was in college, we used to go to a, to a pub, sorry, to a bar, like a, every Thursday night, because they had a pub quiz kind of game, you know, like a trivia night. And uh, we had like the same group of people, like 10 people playing every single time. And one of the rounds was about cinema because the guy that ran the bar, the guy that owned the bar is like, he is probably the person that I know that knows the most about cinema after you. What? what? After you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he, he knows a lot. He knows a lot. So he, he was the first person that, uh, that introduced me to a lot of uh, classic cinema. He was the kind of person that I would go like every week and I would tell him, oh, just give me some homework. So I used to do like something similar to what I would do with you, but with him, you know, about like just talking about- So okay. you were Toto and he was your Alfredo. Something like that. But the thing is like in one of those weeks, uh, sorry, like when we were doing like the movie round for the trivia, if you had a, a perfect round, he would give a movie of his collection. You know, he had like thousands of movies because uh, he was writing for uh, some of the uh, newspapers in Spain, oh, you know, like nice. the reviews. So he would be like, look, I'm never going to be like watching, you know, like movies like this, sure, like this movie again. So he would be like, just giving them away. And I had the name of this, so I may still have it here. I may actually have brought it with me uh, because we won it that week. So I just kept it. And that's yeah. the first time you saw it was from his copy? Yeah, from his copy. Ah, that's yeah. a nice story. Yeah, so it's like it's a movie that I kept like in good regard because he told me that you're going to like it. You know, it's a classic movie, and like, probably this was like 2004 or three, and he's like at that point he was almost 20 years old, well, 15 years old. Is this fair uh, by chance? No, it's not. Okay. No, it was not my type at all. Don't, don't worry, no, <laughs> no. And it I just, like there was some sort of crush there, but no, 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 no. There was no sexual crush in any kind of way, you know. Uh, but you know, we had like very good like chemistry conversation. You know, it was it was the kind of person that always sounded a bit like a jerk. But when you actually get to know him, he's like, oh, you're a jerk, but in a fun way. <laughs> so I know, we got, yeah, I, uh, we got along like pretty well. Uh, and uh, and the thing is that he gave me that movie and I watched it and I understood that it's okay. This is this is a good movie. This is a good movie by my standards, day, and I understand why I like this. But I have to say, when I watched it like four or five years ago, I felt a bit less engaged with it. And this time when I watched it, I felt like hmm, hmm, 
So yeah, I can see like all the elements that you're putting together, like the music about like, here comes the feels. Now is when you feel something. So I feel like very, not like cheating, you know, but I felt like this is not honest. I had the feeling that there is like way more effort into the fall as a love letter than there is here. But did you feel that way even after they listed all of the awards that it won right at the beginning of the film? <laughs> what I felt is like it was the 80s. I felt like they were the 80s. It was and 1990. I, oh, okay. So the movie was released on 88, I think, in Italy. And it took like two oh, years really? yeah, for the States to actually just get a hold of it. <laughs> but, oh, no, uh, IMDb does say 88. Sorry, I don't know yeah. why I thought it was 90. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, let me just check uh, the Oscars. I wanted to get it. Uh, what I feel is that this is the classic movie that Hollywood is going to love. Because it's true that it's not about like Hollywood cinema. It's about cinema in general, you know, like cinema from the 50s. But Hollywood is going I to be there. I would disagree with you. I don't think it's about cinema. I think it's about the love of cinema. There's very little interest sure. in the actual movies. Sure. What I mean is that uh, it's not about like just, well, they talk a bit about like making cinema, but they talk about like how influential and how heartwarming cinema can be, how they can affect us in our lives and how it also like bring together people especially during that time, that it was the only entertainment that you would have. Uh, from that perspective, I think that whatever movie elevates cinema, that it makes it like, look better, is something that the Academy is going to love. It's going to go crazy about it. That's the reason why the artist won like best movie. That's the reason why La La Land won for 30 seconds best movie. You know, and many, many other other ones of this style. It's like I think that this like this kind of onanist exercise that Hollywood loves. That is, a, we don't have to do the uh, the effort of telling how amazing cinema is because there is a director here that is telling how amazing cinema is for us. So we only need to just give him an award. So it did win an Oscar. Do you know which Oscar it won? Uh, best foreign film. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I. Uh, don't think that it would have won anything else. <laughs> in 1990, yeah. So it was like the Oscars for 19, for 89, I guess. So you said that five years ago, four or five years ago, you watched it. You understood that this was a film that you loved. It's about a subject that you love, but you felt not as engaged with it four or five years ago. That's what you said, right? Yeah, that's what I want to say. Like at that point, it was already like just feeling a bit, there is something off. You know, it's a bit more of a, the reason, and I was asking you about like if you thought that it was melodramatic, but the correct question would be if it's a cheap film, if it actually just takes shortcuts for just making points. Yes. Yes, they did. <laughs> so uh, I, I felt this time that I could actually see like all the smoke and mirrors that they are placed by Yusuf Petronatori about like, now you're going, and now I'm going to be like making you feel X. So the relationship between the kid and the uh, and the projector, it felt more forced this time than any other time that I watched the movie. You know, it felt a bit more like this feels almost like if someone just brought a sitcom. Like I don't know, uh, cinema matters. Uh, so this was my first time seeing it, and I did feel like there were some smoke and mirrors. The one thing that I genuinely enjoyed was the relationship between Salvatore and uh, Alfredo. I'm not sure how I would feel 20 years from now watching it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, I, 
the same way that in other movies, I still think that, you know, I, I we have rewatched a couple of our recent movies that I watched like years ago when I was starting to just get a bit more into cinema. And I understood more why I like them or why I dislike them. You know, for example, I didn't like The Hunger, is that now I understood way better like, why I didn't like it. Or, uh, you know, I like intimate stories and I understand a bit better like, why I like it. What, what is like the merits of a movie like that? Or The Servant, even like feeling surprised about, like, oh, this is even better than I thought. This is one of those cases that is, I don't know, this is even worse than I thought. Yeah, I have to say that for, I don't know why, but in my head, I thought you absolutely loved this film. And I think you do like it, but I just had a different understanding. Yeah. And I was surprised because I was like, this isn't, it's a little bit weak. In yeah. Is it the script is something that, look, I understand what you're trying to make here, but it's like, it's so cheap that you're making it that it feels like a Hallmark movie. If That's a very good description. Very good. Um, yeah. I also don't like, so I just want to say overall, I liked the film. I did. Uh, okay. it, there were things that bothered me. I didn't like the score being played over and over and over again. <laughs> um, I didn't understand clearly, I think culturally, the mother-son relationship. And I don't like the implication that if you leave your little village and make a life for yourself, you're somehow not authentic or I, I felt like that, that was an implicit statement of the film that he kind of gave up his authenticity and become rich in Rome. Um, I think but, it was more like for pursuing his dream, that he was like just embracing what was his upbringing, you know, because he actually found his sensibility to cinema through his upbringing, and that's like the career that he does. But... But I'm sorry, when he's... So, Alfredo, Alfredo dies, and he's walking behind the hearse, and there's Alfredo's wife, I, I guess? Yeah, I think there is the wife, yeah, the widow. He says, hey, <laughs> Alfredo left you something, please come and see me. And he leaves him a film, and then he sits down to watch the film. I was so damn touched by that. <laughs> so the, so first, the first time that I watched it, I cried on that scene. I finally like... I, did, I teared up, I was like, yeah. oh I my finally, god. I mean, it's a love letter at that point, you know, it's about like, okay, you know, I mean, I don't know if you got like all the foreshadowing, you know, at the beginning of the movie when he says, like, oh, this is yours, but I'm going to keep it. That is, like, oh. I mean, I figured something was coming regarding those. They just kept harping on it. Um, yeah. I. But the funny thing is like when I watch it the second time, it still like, just moved me a bit. But this time I felt it's like, what does it matter? I mean, it's great, like all the kisses and everything, but it's like it was not something like in the fall when they have the final reel. And I actually compare these two movies because both of them, they do the same thing. About like, at the end, we're going to be like doing a reel, you know, of classic cinema. Oh, it's, like, yeah. it's like in the uh, in the fall, at least it's about falls. And it's about like a whole maze of extra, of stunts, actors. That is like, it's basically what you have been seeing for the last 90 minutes. But in this is like, did those kisses like matter that much? Is that, did, how did this connect? So for people listening who might have not seen the film, the Alfredo has to cut out any kisses and the, the priest demanded, so he would censor, he would literally cut out these kisses and then splice them together. And uh, Salvatore wanted to take them home as like mementos of his time with Alfredo and the projection booth. Um, so when he dies, he inherits this reel of film and Alfredo had spliced together all of the kisses that um, Salvatore had 
found it wasn't even sexual. There was nothing like lurid about it. It was just this was a symbol of his time with Alfredo. And so when he started to watch it, I I see what you say. And I also think if I were to watch this film in a year, I would see even less that's appealing. But it was damn effective the first time. I oh, was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Definitely. But it's the problem with these kind of situations is like, a, for example, there are things in cinema that they can be effectivist, but at the same time, they can hold their place. They can hold their ground. This is a bit more like you don't see it coming, is that you may actually see that they are going to be like doing something with the reels, but you don't expect it to be this. So the first time that you see is that this is beautiful, you know? And I also like the uh, the scene when they project the movie to the uh, to the building that I think that is like just before the fire starts. Yes, it, it's the night the fire starts. That's yeah. when the burns down. Yeah, and I think that that's also like pretty cute, like pretty sweet. About okay, we're going to be like projecting the movie. Everyone in the uh, in the village that they couldn't get into the cinema, they are going to be like just watching the movie there. And it represents a bit more like how in that time cinema like got everyone together. It was like the main thing, the main entertaining that everyone was about. You know, so I thought that it's like, okay, that's there is a message here, you know, but is that the one about the kisses is like, I don't know if there is some kind of cultural part about like the censorship. That for him, it would be a bit more like just finding something that I was missing in his life. But I think that the more that you know that that's coming, the less importance it has. Yeah, I can see that if you knew yeah. what the film was going to have. Yeah, and it's like now I'm thinking about like effectivist or just things that you know that they're going to happen, and I'm thinking, so spoiler alert for seven just in case that you haven't watched this movie in the last 30 years that is like when you know from the beginning of the movie like from the first time that Winner Paltrow is on the screen that is like oh her head is going to be in a box at the end of the movie what's in the box <laughs> what's in the box but it's like that is thing is like so well made and there is like such a good build up towards that that it actually closed the full circle so it's effectivist, but at the same time, it's like even you know that that's going to be like happening, it has a meaning for happening. The same way that in the in the fall, that real at the end is a love letter. It's adorable. Even when the whole hospital is like just watching the movie, is that that's also like pretty sweet. It's like in this case, I feel like, sure, I know what you're trying to make, but it's like it's once again smoke and mirrors. Yeah, I think he, he, the director is very good at playing with your emotions and making you feel what he wants to feel, but it's not like solid filmmaking or storytelling. Yeah. So, uh, would you be, so the classic question is, uh, would you watch this movie again? Um, I wouldn't say no. It's not like I can't wait to watch this again, but if in five years, if you're like, hey, we should rewatch that of our podcast that's so successful now, um, I could <laughs> probably watch it again. Okay, but I would recommend fair. this. I would definitely recommend this to, for instance, there's a lot of my family would absolutely enjoy this film a tremendous amount, and I would recommend it to anybody who's looking for, as we said, family-friendly, heartwarming, it's it's a nice film. It's just not a significant yeah. film. This is a mother and grandmother recommendable movie. Yes. My niece could watch it. Yep. Um, it Our is kids. very sweet and it it does examine nostalgia very well. I think yeah. that's too pretentious to say it, but it is a nostalgic film and it makes you feel, I don't know, nostalgic for your own childhood, the art that you connected with. It's, oh, when you grow up in Sicily? When I grew up in Sicily or rural Idaho, you know, <laughs> the Cardinal Potato Festival. 
Uh, yeah, so what do you think artistically about this movie? Um, I don't know that it had much to stand out artistically. I think it's very functional. I'm trying to remember if there was anything that particularly stood out. I don't think that there was. Uh, I'm trying to think. Even the I think that the most aesthetically, I don't know, interesting scene is when they are projecting the movie on the building. You know, I think that is like the only thing that I would say that it was. Oh, that's cool. You know, that you guys did that and it actually works okay. But uh, besides that, I don't think that there is anything too groundbreaking or, you know, like nothing to just write home about. The one shot that does stand out to me is when um, basically whatever authority finds out that Salvatore's father was killed in war, so they called the mom and son to come in. They find out he's dead and they walk home together through kind of war. The, buildings destroyed by bombs there's just brick everywhere i yeah. felt that was really great at portraying the sense of kind of devastation that must have existed at that time i i really enjoyed that one scene um uh, what did you think that the uh, the women's in the uh, main square of the village are doing on those tables like just spreading all the red stuff you think there is tomato tomato sauce yeah i thought it was potato like are they making some sort of sauce i have no idea it was a lovely shot but i was yeah. like i don't know what the fuck they're doing yeah i thought that that shot i was like yeah it's okay you know i also like that the actors they feel a bit realistic you know some of the actors not the main ones you know but it's like some of the people that they portray in the cinema and everything is like pretty clear that 95% of the people here, they are not actors. Yeah. Do you remember, so they, they, they screen a movie onto the wall of the building two times, right? And the second time it's on kind of on the water and there's a bunch of people in boats. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. I'm 98% certain that that is the same filming location as talented Mr. Ripley. Is it? No, I don't know. I don't think that it is. I don't think that it is. Oh, it looks exactly like it. I called it out to my husband. Yeah, I mean, I, I threw it at the beginning, but at the same time, it's like, I'm pretty sure that there is more than a single village by the, uh, by the sea there. In Italy? I don't know. You know, it's literally just this small corner of sea. Everything else is like in... <laughs> Everything is filmed right here in Italy. Exactly. Uh, no, I, I don't know. I don't think that is the same one, that is the same village. At least I feel... And besides that, were they in Sicily? Yeah, in, uh... they were in Sicily. Gotcha. I, I don't that's think that is the same. That's why he has to fly from Rome. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think that is the same. But I may be wrong, in any case. No, I was talking no, if he was like Sicily. It was Sicily in The Talented Mr. Ripley. I don't think they were in Sicily in The Talented Mr. Ripley. Okay. Uh, I can check that because otherwise I'm not going to be... Uh, uh, ta -ta -ta -ta, the cliffside resort town of Positano and various villages on the islands of Isia and Procida near Naples. And then we can check Cinema Paradiso. Uh, Sicily, the whole thing. Uh, oh, it's actually was shot in director Tornatore's hometown, Bacchiria, Sicily. 
And you said the talented Mr. Ripley was filmed in Sicily as well? No. I didn't say that. <laughs> I was also doing my own Google searches. Uh, da, 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 da. And so... No, I told you a moment ago, Sally, where talented Mr. Ripley was. Uh, da, da, da. Uh, so, spoiler Please. alert, I just saw your score in the spreadsheet. Ah, <laughs> where did you go to pick it? Uh, no, it's a city called Positano in Italy. All right, fine. That it's is true, actually in, in the mainland. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm um, xenophobic and think all foreigners look the same. All foreign locations look the same. <laughs> sure, sure. Okay, uh, so what is your score? Because you already know mine. Why? What, what was going to be your risk card? I, I literally hadn't thought about it. I honestly think it would have been a 6, maybe a 5.5, but I do think this is more than a mediocre film. I think it's a good film. Um, I think that it's a good film. That's the reason why I go with 6, because even if I think that it's a smoke and mirrors, it's solid usage of a smoke and mirrors. Yeah. Um, so it loses a few points for being family friendly. Uh, it loses a few points for being heartwarming. <laughs> so what did you expect? Like Alfredo trying to molest Toto? <laughs> I wanted another Loveless. That's what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> like Toto getting lost. <laughs> All the Sicily villains trying to find him. And then like just the mother, like just running with an Italy t-shirt with Berlusconi face. <laughs> I honestly think I, I would have scored this a 6.5. I. I think I liked it more than you did. That, that's absolutely fine. Do you want to go with a 6.5? Yeah. I, okay. Overall, I enjoyed my experience. Um, it was two and a half hours long, which it didn't feel two and a half hours long. Yeah, I agree with that. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like uh, sometimes when we watch cinema that I already watched in the past, I feel proud of myself for liking it back in the day, you know? I mean, this one, I felt like I was young. You know, it's like, I may have some kind of excuse if I need to come up with one, you know. And I don't, once again, I don't think that it's bad. I think that it's a bit more of, we can do better. <laughs> I think, and I told you this, I think that The Fall is a heartwarming movie. Yes, but it's very dark. It's very dark. <laughs> sure, it's a bit dark. It's a bit dark, you know. But at the same time, it's like, it's adorable. It's like just a little girl. It's adorable. I find the little girl of the fall more adorable than this kid. Oh yeah, this kid really annoyed me as like the eight-year-old version of himself. Yeah. I mean, his lines were funny and good, but I was like, I would, I would fucking smack you, kid. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, I also think that it's Italy, so maybe you know, it's like that's how all kids that behave. Just fine, right? <laughs> yeah, it's that the average, average kid. <laughs> uh, so overall, I I'm glad that you had me watch this because I never would have watched it on my own, and it's not like it's going to be my favorite film, but I appreciate it, and I I really like most Italian film. Um, not most. That's completely absurd to say. The few <laughs> Italian films that I've seen, I tend to enjoy. <laughs> so I think that I already asked you this, and you already told me that you didn't watch it. But did you watch Life Is Beautiful? I did. Oh, you did? Uh, yeah, several times. Oh, did you like it? Um, it was too sad for me. Like my mom owned the VHS. 
Okay. And it's it's a lovely story. It's a beautiful story, but it's just I have a really hard time watching Holocaust films for mm. uh, entertainment, and it's just brutal at the end. It's just it was too much for my twelve year old self. Yeah. Did you watch uh, Jojo Rabbit? I did not, for the same reason. I can't. I'm sure I might even like the film, but trying to get me excited to watch a Holocaust film, I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I felt with Life is Beautiful, I felt like, okay, this is a comedy, but it's not really a comedy. It's like everything that is happening around the situation is like it's still the same tragedy that we are used to watching other Holocaust movies. With Jojo Rabbit, I had the feeling that they go with this kind of absurd humor that I think that they actually just try. I don't think that is like the purpose of like trying to water down what happened. That is a no. That's not exactly how it happened. You can make a comedy, like I'm a short comedy, but I don't think that that's okay. Yeah, I should watch it, but yeah, I'm surprised that actually I'm curious about this now. But in life is beautiful, and checking the scores, and it has a 59 in Metacritic. Whoa! But I thought has, that was like a universally loved film. Yeah, it has an 80 on Rotten Tomatoes, an 8.6 in IMDb, but in Metacritic it's a 59, so I'm surprised people hated it. Well, I'll need to read the New York Times review before I understand how I feel. Yeah, so there is a zero from Slate that it says Benini's movie, Benini's movie made me want to throw up. That's the headlight of the wow. review. <laughs> but actually this movie uh, Cinema Paradiso made me think of Life is Beautiful how so? so it's another heartwarming you know it's true that Life is Beautiful is way more dramatic of course but it's still a movie that I would recommend to my mother and my grandmother because they're going to cry they're going to feel moved by it and it plays pretty safe there is nothing you know But I, I would also add to that that these are relatively smarter films than like a, like a Nicholas True. Sparks film that's going to True. move these same True. women. So it's okay. I just want to. <laughs> that's a fair point. This is not really a Hallmark movie, but it's still well, tied to the to same say, audience. Any family that's listening, we would recommend this because it's both heartwarming and smart. Yeah, if there is any family out there listening together to this podcast, it's like, please just I stop. Just this This is not a podcast to listen, you know, it's a family. There shouldn't be kids listening to this. Uh, well, I mean, like I said, this is a nice film, it's not a significant film, and no? I'm not sorry that I watched it. <laughs> That's fair. It's okay entertainment. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So uh, what are we watching, Mr. Because it's your pick. It is my pick, and we are going to watch Le Boucher, uh, which Ooh. is by a a French director that created a film about 15 years ago that I absolutely love called uh, A Girl Cut in Two. And he likes to do like these psychological sexual thrillers about the upper French uh, class and the sexual games they play and how they use up people from the lower classes. And, Okay. I'm really hoping it's as awesome as I think it might be, but I haven't seen it, so we'll see. Oh, no, that sounds promising at least. Uh, anything else that we need to say about Cinema Paradiso? Uh, maybe we could just listen to the Ennio Marconi. <laughs> I would try to Tell just add one it. one more time. <laughs> yeah, I would try to add it as background music. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Well, this was fun. Thank you so much for listening. Two, three, four people out there. Mm -hmm. Wash your hands. Bye.